Welcome back to the Rewind That Tape podcast. This is your host, Mr. Stromboli. And I'm Jay Probs. And today we're going to be going through our storylines once again, starting off with our biggest storyline in a while. J.J. Watt, after sending cryptic tweets throughout his free agency process, is officially signing to the Cardinals to reunite with his former teammate DeAndre Hopkins. Probs, we all, everybody on the podcast, we know that Probs is from the Lone Star State. I mean, you you follow the Texans. I mean, what's going on here, man? Texans players just want to go to Arizona or what? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if DeAndre wanted to go to Arizona. I mean, he um he got traded there, but JJ signing there, I think is a mixture yeah. of I mean, I, I don't know the full logic because I'm not him, but I think it's a mixture of going back to D-Hop and then I think he views this as a fun place to play. I think it's a bunch of young guys that he thinks he can mentor. And I think yeah. that that was kind of important to him, at least. Yeah. What I meant to say, though, before you keep going is like, mm-hmm. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is powerful enough where you, you would think he would have some sort of like power in that. But but yeah, keep going. I mean, I see yeah, I see sure. your point here on the Isaiah, like Isaiah Simmons and the young defense. But and this is a team that didn't even make the playoffs. Well, um. I- like you said, um, they they're a young team, and I think um, they just were too injury prone or too um, flag prone. They got called for too many fouls, and I think that um, ultimately led to their downfall. And they had inconsistent play, and I think having another yeah. veteran like JJ, who's who's played phenomenal in his twenties, I think. I mean, I know, and he he was like a two time defensive player of the year, if I'm not wrong, and he had he had some great seasons and um, just bringing that experience to Arizona. And I mean, he can use that on the defense, which I know has struggled. It's not been Arizona's strong suit and, and the offense, because he's just going to have knowledge. And I think that's the most important thing for Arizona. Yeah. And also it's interesting to point out, I mean, Arizona is, is, is bringing in players, and it, it might not be so much recruiting because we don't really see a lot of that behind the scenes in the NFL. But exactly, it, it's, it's interesting because players are now looking at J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins, who I consider two prime players. I think those yeah. that's the reason why we saw the Texans as that, I would, I would say, powerhouse because uh, to a certain extent, when you're in the playoffs every yeah, year, yeah, I and mean, when when you're in that when you're in the mix, and a lot of people thought they were going gonna go all the way that year where they uh, lost that lead to the Chiefs. Yeah, that was pretty was disappointing. Yeah, so that in itself is is just something that draws you to the Cardinals, and now you have a lot of players now that are going into free agency because free agency really mm-hmm. just started. We're only at the beginning. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cardinals get any more players, but I think it's also important to note. I think this team is now over that hump that they they didn't need this, but getting this is going to help the, their offense a whole lot. It's going to relieve a lot of the pressure, and the offense was the problem this year, in my opinion, because, well, late in the season, you can't have your quarterback getting hurt. That's something for another time, but I think this also takes a lot of the pressure off. I mean, what are your thoughts on this team making – potential run this year yeah i think um i think having jj i mean i don't know how much of a of a boost that is i think 
Defensively, I think for sure. I mean, you have Chandler, Chandler Jones on one side and then JJ on the other. But um, yeah, yeah. I think this, um, if not helping you in the short term, it's going to help you in the long term. I mean, at this point, you're just trying to add players who you think can make an impact on your team. Yeah. And you got JJ, you got free agency, you got the draft. And I think, um, I think adding JJ as an impact veteran, I think that's some young teams, super talented young teams that um, failed is because they didn't have a strong enough veteran presence. And one team I want to point to is the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, I know they have been super successful. I think um, Trey Young, Cam Reddish, all those young guys, and then you bring in Chris Paul, you bring in Danilo Gallinari, Rajon Rondo. Wait, Rajon Rondo, Danilo Gallinari. Not Chris Paul. Yeah, not Chris Paul. Chris Paul went to the Suns. Man, I think those guys are meant to cultivate the young talent. Like like Derrick Rose, another mm-hmm. basketball player, said, he said, I'm just here to teach the young guys. And I think that's kind of the role that JJ's fitting into right now. Yeah, it's also interesting to note that, you, I mean, that guy, he, he's going to be having that kind of presence, but he's also the guy that you still have to double team at the line. And now you have to also mm-hmm. worry about Chandler Jones, which you exactly. briefly mentioned. So that's already a dangerous defense in itself. But... If you had to rate the Cardinals today, what seed would you be giving them? Because right now, it's hard to it's hard to look at them based off of their problems last year. Most of their problems were mm-hmm. on offense. So, where where would you put this team right now in your NFC bracket? Um, to be honest, I would probably put them number two. I think LA Rams go one or no, sorry, 49ers go number one. I think you got the um. The Cardinals and the Rams and the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks, Russ doesn't play. Russ gets traded. I think that's a whole another argument for another day. But yeah, I think that's kind of been uh, um, fire in its own way. Yeah. Do you guys do you think that's going to be like the top of the NFC as well? Like one, two, and or I guess you can't have one, two, and three, but mm-hmm. one, five, and six is probably those three teams right there. Well, I think I think Arizona. They might they. I would have them taking the number five spot, but I don't know about LA. I mean, them and then I don't know. Maybe I mean, you the- have Matt Stafford. the The East yeah. might be back. I mean, it's the NFC is dangerous. Dangerous, yeah. Players keep moving from the AFC side. We don't see a lot of the reverse type of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It's I mean, basically it's, like- it's sad right now looking at it because you also think about. I'm also thinking about this right now, and I'm saying. The Cowboys are back next year, and the Redskins play the what they did in that last stretch of the season, which I think their they, defense they is They might be very going. competitive. Yeah, so if you might have two winning records there. I go to the NFC North, and somebody's always coming out of that, but Green I assume Bay. we'll have the Packers. And then yeah. I think we'll see a jump from the Vikings, who and ended the season. I think, that, I think that whole conference, I think – yeah, I think they could be. It, it, a lot of the teams are there. You can only eliminate a certain amount of teams. Like the Giants were a really interesting story to end the year mm-hmm. last year, up knocking off some teams. Uh, and but I also think it's the most important to note that you have the Cardinals, the Rams, uh, as the two. I think in the NFC West. I don't know what's going to happen with those other two teams. I think well, you could say the Forty Niners as well in the West. No, like I'm saying, the 49ers or Seahawks just win the conference straight up. Oh, one of them, wild card, yeah. Yeah, I think one. Of, I'm saying just wild card, yeah. And then you have 
the I don't know if Drew Brees is retiring. I think that's another interesting topic because yeah, that's that, kinda... that workout. I saw that on the internet and I instantly second guessed everything I've thought about the whole situation. Yeah, but I think retire. I think just um, yeah, I think he was not able to throw the ball downfield in that last um, last yeah, that last game was pretty. It, it was a rough way for him to go out, mm-hmm. and he still had a decent game. And I know a lot of people will say point. He was pointing at the crowd, all of that. Uh, retired players do not work out in the off season. If you know you're going to retire, uh, I mean, I think... it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, unless you're like, no, Rob didn't even retire. When he retired, he was gone. He was partying. Yeah, that, that's Rob Gronkowski. I'm trying to think of somebody like the the Terrell Owens, maybe. I mean, those guys still work out, but the yeah, fast receivers, the flashy it's players. Yeah, Drew Brees of... doesn't fit my type for that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I think the Saints are a whole different. They've got cap issues. They've got yeah, they got issues. a lot of problems. Yeah, they've they if Drew Brees comes back, I don't know. Maybe they might dump it all and try for another run. But um, I see the Falcons being decent next year, and then the Cardinals. I mean, not mm-hmm. Cardinals, Panthers. Panthers, I yes, think exactly. That's another interesting team. So I'm then say you the have Panthers, yeah. the three teams in the South. You have two teams in the West possibly a team out of the north as just the wild card and possibly a team at the east that's already seven teams right there three two one one this that, that's in the east yeah that that is tough mm-hmm. that is tough because at this point the cardinals are either winning their division or potentially being out because not only you have to play your division you have to play two games there yeah so exactly. you could potentially end up two and four and that's what misses you the playoffs and i think that's what we Saw here with the Cardinals this year. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure their exact record. I'm gonna pull it up here because I think it was nine what, or seven or something like well, that. Well, yeah, no, I'm saying like in the division. Oh, so they lost to the 49ers. They, I mean, they beat the 49ers in the beginning, but they lost in the end. Mm. They beat the Seahawks once, beat the Rams once, lost to the Rams once, and lost to the Seahawks. So they were three and three. So not mm-hmm. a bad performance from them. But I mean, it was didn't guarantee them anything. They were third in the conference. Yeah. Oh, third excuse in... me. They lost to the Rams twice. So two and four in the conference. So yeah, yeah. that 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 lost them the playoffs basically. That sucks because mm-hmm. you can play well in every single one of those games, and your quarterback goes down in those final two little stretches, and now you're gone. You're yeah. Out of the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's a team that definitely deserved it this year that did not get it. I think this this that division in 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 particular is going to be. I mean, it was a tough the division last point. season, and you didn't even have the four ers So I think it's just going to be tough game after tough game for them. It's so, like I'm almost saying this, and I don't care if it comes out controversial. Tom needs to just go back, bro. Just take <laughs> out one, take out one more team in the in the NFC and put it back in the AFC. I mean, there's no balance. We saw it in the NBA. With what's going on now, and and now it's obvious, which which that's a perfect segue into our next uh, segment here, yep. which is the the we're gonna start off with the Knicks because that that's kind of what segues into it. But we're gonna basically be talking about the Wizards and the Mavericks. But the Knicks are celebrating; they're celebrating playing five hundred. Let me tell you, that does not happen in normal cities, normal yeah. franchises. Mm-hmm. I understand the Knicks sucked. Okay. I watched it. I watched the Zion. I watched the song parodies and 
the Knicks fans saying that they're leaving on the ukulele. That stuff was hilarious. But but I feel there's a certain point where you feel bad, and there's a certain point where you shouldn't be partying on the streets at 17 and 17. I think or- I think I think the one thing that that the Knicks team, I mean this this past um, game that they play, they're 18 and 17 now. But I think the biggest thing for them is they're fourth in the East, number yeah. four, like they're top it, five. That, top five. It, team it's team. a problem. It's almost like the league needs to step in and say. We need to realign or something. I know they can't. I know they can't mess with any of that. They're mm-hmm. not. They're not going to make teams travel across uh, the conference or across the state to play teams. I mean, they got I that think- weird situation in Florida right now with Toronto, so the Atlantic mm-hmm. is kind of spread out. But I think- they're not going to change the realigning of the conference, even though the there's a few divisions that are a little bit weird, like the OKC one. Yeah, I think I know. I know what you're saying. Like it's crazy. Like. How are the Raptors number seven? How are the Celtics number six? But and they have losing records. Yeah, that's but also want, the problem. I want to point out this is not a regular year. I mean, yeah, I they, agree. Of course, like I don't think the Celtics have really. Well, I mean, everyone has lost something to COVID. I mean, there's some element of the game that just isn't there, and I think yeah, that's why we're seeing teams like the Knicks, the Hornets, and teams like the Pacers falling. Teams like the Hawks. Yeah. Well, I was pretty high on. They're falling, and I think that's. I agree. COVID has I, something. I, I agree, that. and I think the Hawks took a major step when they fired Lord P- Lloyd Pierce today. I don't mm-hmm. think he was the main problem by any means. I thought it was a lot of injuries, and when you have injuries, you can't get that chemistry that they needed with all the players here. I don't think they should trade John Collins, but that—that's the Hawks thing. We can go on and on for. I think that's yeah. a whole another segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say. Don't celebrate in the streets when you have the same record as the Mavericks. Actually, sorry. The ha- the Knicks are now 18 and 17. The Mavs yeah. are 17 and 16. They're holding the 9 spot. That's just and crazy. And they've won eight, 8 out of the last uh 8 mm-hmm. out of the last 10. So, they're 8 and 2 Luka's in the last 10 crazy. games. Luka's playing phenomenal. We saw a few game winners. I feel like yeah, I feel like every time you turn on the sports center you're seeing a Luka Three. I mean, they didn't play the Nets at full strength, but I'm not complaining with how they've played. The mm-hmm. Rockets game got postponed, and they barely lost to the Trailblazers. So those three points are enough for me to say that this Mavericks team is kind of getting back to where they are. And That slow start is going to hurt them, but I think that what they're doing right now, how they're rolling through the lesser opponents, I think that's really going to help them. And this, I wouldn't say the Celtics or the Nets are games that you should take lightly. Those are I games think, you have to I celebrate. Think one one small point I have to say, I think the one person who when I turn on a Mavs game, I think I I see Jalen Brunson showing up. I mean, yeah. He's he's playing as their backup handler when Luca's not on the floor and he's he's averaging double digits. And he's I think him, um, Tim Hardaway, Josh Richardson, these guys are kind of taking the burden off Luca and KP because Right now, you have five guys scoring in double digits. And when Luka and KP are scoring 20-plus, I mean, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's talked about enough in Dallas's community because nobody liked Seth Curry leaving after what yeah, happened. Exactly. And, and honestly, as an NBA fan, I mean, I don't blame them. He played phenomenal in that Clippers series, and they almost won the series. So yeah. I don't even blame them at all for that. But 
Josh Richardson has been playing a lot better these recent games on the defensive side of the ball. And that's why he was brought in. It's because they need more defense. And if you watched their games last year, you saw that they needed more defense, especially late. And Mm -hmm. I think we're finally starting to see something where Luka's defense is good, but it is not Josh Richardson's defense. And Josh Richardson is finally bringing it back, bringing his his Sixers roots back. And I I think that's really important. Yeah, and like... I mean, you have Richardson, you have guys like um, Dodo. Those those guards. Yeah. Yeah. And these guys can, I'm I'm not saying they're lockdown defenders, but they're good defenders. And like you said. Much better than what they've had. Yeah. And like you said, Luca's a decent defender. So you have three guys that can, or two guys with Richard and Finney Smith that can guard their best player and they can hold them to maybe. 15 points and i think that's solid enough when you have an offense that's clicking like it is yeah especially when you have guys like kp and i'm not saying Bobby's a great defender but he's a tall guy he's tall, and yeah, nobody yeah guy. nobody wants to drive against bobon in the middle so that forces you to shoot and then you have two guys that can guard the shot and brunson is not even a bad defender yeah you have Luka, a bunch of not, said, bad not defenders. bad defenders and so that three and d philosophy that dallas has been trying to push is starting to form into like a solid balanced team. Mm-hmm. And then another one of those teams is the Wizards. I mean, we've been talking about the Wizards for a while, the whole podcast. I feel like we don't say it, we say it too much at sometimes, but the Wizards are finally connecting. We've been calling this forever because we've been saying it like this is a team that you guys have to watch out for. They've now finally starting to show up. They've won seven out of the last two. I mean, excuse me. They're seven and two in the last nine games. They ha- they lost to the Clippers and Celtics. So I'm not saying that those uh, that losses. Celtics team, I think that was a missed call in that last. Yeah, game. I mean, we, we saw a lot of a lot of interesting stuff in that, that Celtics game, way, and it was a botched possession there at the end with Beal. I'm not saying Beal shouldn't have shot it. I'm just saying they sh- that was a bad play, like that they drew up. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think that one could have gone either way. That yeah, that was for sure certainly an interesting game then we saw uh the clippers game was not as close but what mm-hmm. hey what are you gonna do when you're playing the clippers when you go on the road and you knock off trailblazers nuggets i mean no trail trailblazers late lakers lose exactly. one to the clippers and knock off the nuggets yeah so they did knock off the nuggets that was a so, really strong they, road game road yeah streak. road streak and and that brought them back and they beat the nuggets and rockets and celtics before they left then they barely fall to the Celtics. I don't see this being a terrible team anymore, as bad as I thought. We talked about it like a pot one week ago, right? Yeah. About our teams yeah. to make it as a ten seed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that this team is not going to make the like. I think they'll probably play in that play-in little thing, but this is once again one of those teams that if they make it, I don't like. I don't want my team to play them. Like, yeah, I mean, them, probably, probably with the go off any single game, and like, yeah. Yeah, the Celtics is a great example now because your series would be tied 1-1 right now and you'd still have to be worried with the three guys or four guys that you have that are solid. It's mm-hmm. uh, and I, You can ask Clipper fans this now. Nobody wanted to play Dallas in that first round. They Everybody knew that they were a seven seed, but nobody wanted to play Dallas. I mean, it's not wrong. The seven seeds are way too exactly. strong. Yep. And, and the Wizards are going to have one of these situations where they just started off really bad, and they're going to be winning and losing games in the East and going into the go to the West and drop a few games and then go to the East and knock off a few games. 
like we said earlier about the conference being imbalanced, they're going to struggle because of that prior start. And that could end up making them a six, like say they make it straight up with the six seed. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying the East is tight enough where anything can happen. Yeah, they make a six seed. I don't want my Celtics or my who's holding up Milwaukee right now. I don't want the Milwaukee uh, or the Knicks. You don't want the. I think the but yeah, the Knicks is a great example. I think the Bucks is the one team right here where I look at their matchup versus the Wizards, and I don't like the Wizards' chances at all. Yeah, I see no one who can stop Giannis. Uh, Yeah, I see no one who can stop Giannis. I see Giannis dominating on the other side of the ball too, because well, he's just gonna grab rebounds. Uh, yeah, when Russell Westbrook is your leading rebounder, you're not going to grab that many rebounds. Yeah, especially against a big guy. And I'm high on Russ. Everybody that listens knows that. So, And I, I still don't like their chances against the Bucks. I, I think that could be a potential sweep. But that's the only sweep I see. Or or maybe, um, or maybe the Sixers. Yeah, I think the Sixers could be a problem. But I also think Embiid and Giannis are two different players. I think we can get into that in another episode, but Giannis to me has that quick step, that, exactly. that big playability, and Embiid works you down. I think the Embiid situation could get you help, like you get help there. Exactly. Yep. But which but will Giannis help, help him attacks a lot more. Or, attacks Giannis attacks fast enough where you don't have time. And the other thing about the Sixers is, uh, Giannis gets double teamed. He passes to Middleton, open three. It's in. Ben, yeah. I mean, uh, Embiid gets double teamed. You pass to Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons is going to attack again, just straight back into the double team. But that's the that's thing a problem. Really, that's the difference about this Sixers team. I just want to bring it up real quick. I think you got Seth Curry. You got yeah. That, that's what I was just about to talk about. Danny Green. I think yeah. that that can make a difference for sure. And I mean, that hurts, by the way. The Laker fans out there, I I know your pain right here. I'm not a Laker fan, but. You see your guy Danny Green go out there and actually start making shots. Uh huh. That has to hurt. That that has to hurt that man. I feel bad for all you Laker fans out there, but I think that's a great point because now it's not just Embiid having to shoot. Embiid, I mean, it's Embiid passing to Simmons, who's throwing it out to Harris, who's throwing it out to Curry, he's doing it out to all these guys. Harris, by the way, All Star snub. It's a yes or no. I don't think that was an All Star snub, but I know a lot of people. Express different opinions. What do you think? Before yeah, we I don't. Know, I don't know if it was an All Star snub, but I I think he's been playing phenomenally. I think I think getting back with Doc Rivers has helped him a lot because I mean, uh, Maya, remind you, he he played his best ball as a as a Clipper with Doc Rivers, and I think, um, I think getting back with Doc Rivers, I think that's really helped him um, come back to his roots and make him a a better player. Yeah, and. I think it's really interesting to to note that because Rivers and and uh, R- Rivers is just a great coach and and it seems like the Sixers were trending in the wrong direction, but in the end they're gonna end up being all right with what they have and mm-hmm. it's a good situation there. We're gonna talk about the Sixers another time as well as the Hawks because I think both of those teams are pretty interesting. I think next episode you guys will probably hear from us will probably be about our March Madness thoughts as we kind of get into the selection Sunday coming up. And before we wrap up this episode, I'm going to give it to Prubs to give you guys some of that Prubs with the Dubs. Yeah, and so for this Prubs with the Dubs, I'm going to give it to um, the Kansas Jayhawks. They knocked off um, the Baylor Bears, who were um, top team in the Big 12, um, 71-58. I mean, 
pretty convincing victory, if you ask me. And this is a um, Kansas team that struggled. Um, they struggled a lot at the beginning of the season, but now it seems like they're finally coming into their own. Um, and I just can't wait to see what this Big 12 does. Yeah, it should be interesting. The Big 12 is actually really good conference. I think that's what we can get into when on our next episode on what we're going to see from March Madness. Kansas, we, everybody was counting them out. Yep, They're going to be exactly. just fine. They're going to be just fine. That will be it for today's Rewind That Tape episode. Make sure you check out our website, rewindthattape.com, for awesome articles every week. And make sure to hit us up on our social medias on Instagram, Twitter, Halftime, and Bleacher Report.